What's up guys, here with you with FC Wonderkid episode 109, here with my guy Bretson, how are you? Well, I'm a little sad, Alex. It is the end of club football. It is the end of a season. Uh, we have a lot of happy people, a lot of sad people. Uh, but episode 109 is going to be a banger. Um, and I got to throw it back to you for a second, because first I got to check in. How is your football welfare? Are you doing okay at the end of this long season, but amazing season? We had a European treble in the English teams. <laughs> okay that's pretty insane right so i'm doing it pretty really well and yes people we have a special special thing in this podcast we will be following 10 people on instagram that are commenting down below any statement of this podcast any topic we have just comment down below your opinion and put your tag of instagram we will follow 10 of you 10 people on instagram and, so comment and, on and, youtube and we can make it as easy as possible, Alex. Um, this game was not a game. This Champions League final, which we will talk about, is mm -hmm. is not a game that was dominated by the expected stars, right? <laughs> it was not Erling Haaland's match. So, if you want to comment and and put a you know get a uh, follow from us at some point, uh, please do let us know who was your MVP of that match because I think there could have been any number of players. Uh, and it, mm. it was, I wouldn't call it a match for the ages, but it was a, um, a final was. ending. You think it was, I think you it think was. it was, That's, I think okay. this, right. I think this match will be remembered yeah. as an, a definitely historic match because of the people that are related to it. Erling Holland is, er, this is the Erling Holland effect in Man City. He wins the Premier yeah. League, minimal expectations done. He wins the Champions League. He he breaks the record in the Premier League top goal scorers. He's the top goal scorer too of the Champions League. Yeah. This is the confirmation to the world that Erling Haaland is a Ballon d'Or worthy winner. This is it. This is it. It's going to be remembered because of that. And Man City, after spending close to two billion or two billion even. They win a Champions yeah. League title, the first in the history, winning it a European treble, the first time since 1999. Sir Alex Ferguson yep. passing the torch to Pep Guardiola. Oh. To Pep Guardiola. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, there is so, so, so much bluster out there uh, about people trying to compare those two treble winning sides. Uh, and it, it, it is a fun argument that I think I, I will ask you point blank in the near future. Uh, but I want to start with Erling Haaland because you mentioned him and yes. I, I'm going to do you one better. You said he's contending. I think Erling Haaland should be the Ballon d'Or winner. Okay. You, you break records, you break records, you set new landscapes. Uh, he might've literally just had the best, I don't know, the best career highlight he is ever going to have. No. Because I just can't, I, I can't see Norway. I, I Okay, there's a lot to, to, to pick apart here. But listen, he won everything mm -hmm. coming in in his first season. He set <laughs> Premier League records in goal scoring. Yep. He even ended the year, he did all this before ending the year on a five-game goalless streak. 
Okay, he actually has a small little barren strip of land uh, within his whatever, his file uh, that says no goals over the last five games. And, you know, he still played a part, obviously, creating a lot of the space uh, for his his teammates to have the effect. But when it comes down to it, what Erling Holland did in his first season in England I don't know how you beat it, one. And two, if you are beating it in the future, you're beating yourself. He's good you're beating goals. yourself. He's good at I, I know. And that's that's like the only metric, right? Because he's already won um, what Manchester City came here to win. And I'm going to extend this courtesy uh, to Jack Grealish as well. Anyone saying Jack Grealish is a flop from here on out can can turn around and leave. <laughs> because Jack Grealish is not a flop. Why? They spent 100 million? Sure. He grew into his game. He played a massive part for them this season. And the price tag, it don't matter anymore. Jack Grealish is a Champions League winner. Jack Grealish is a treble winner. And Jack Grealish, um, you know, deserves the probably week, two week long party he's going to have in the very near future. Um, All of it's, them. It, all of them yeah even guardiola should be in the party having oh yeah, his yeah, wine yeah, yeah as a master yeah <laughs> oh my absolutely bed shitting hollands because this is the big topic mm-hmm. i completely agree mm-hmm. with you bretson and like if you believe erling Haaland's gonna win the ballon d'or <laughs> let's see if the, let's see if you break the likes because if you do yeah. we understand that the community wants erling Haaland to win but i want to say this he at least is gonna mm-hmm. win this statement for me erling Haaland. His, this season, Erling Haaland has had the best debut season I've ever seen in the Premier League. He won the best nice player be. of the season in the mm-hmm. Prem. He breaks the record in the Premier League, scores 52 goals in the meantime. Nine assists. He even assists this man. Yeah. And the European treble is done. Erling Haaland is greatness in action. And I agree with you. Erling Haaland will improve because he's got Pep Guardiola with him. Erling Haaland was... World class at Dortmund, but now he's sharpened himself up. Uh, he's sharpened himself yeah. up. He's mentally oh, yeah. stronger. He's ready for these battles more. And Erling Haaland knows that Real Madrid is developing and improving while we talk. That is the big enemy. If Mbappe goes to Real, because they cannot have Haaland and Mbappe at the same time. Two big, no, big contracts, in my opinion. And Vinicius Jr. Yeah. there, too, involved in all this. So, Haaland, yeah. he's got to develop this team. And we got so much to talk. But greatness happened. Greatness happened. Greatness and did I'm happen. Say yeah. Another thing, too. Rodri, mm-hmm. no doubt, mm. is the best CDM in the world right now. There's no number Ooh. you can pay right now for Man City to let the best CDM in the world leave. Definitely with Pep yeah. Guardiola. He understands him. And that match-winning goal. And man of the match game. He was one, he's yeah. the, he was the best. Next to Stones too. Stones unbelievable with that new position. But Rodri, uh, world-class. World-class. Yeah. But the double the double pivot that I never knew that I wanted or needed, <laughs> which was Rodri and John Stones. Uh, but listen, Rodri, yeah. I, um, that Believe it or not, that space, that space that opened up, that allowed Rodri to just curl it around... Kalinoglu and I forget who the other defender was. Um, that was created by Erling Holland, right? Um, and and you mentioned Holland has been getting smarter, right? Holland has been, you know, stepping up his game, and it doesn't just involve those goal involvements, right? It doesn't just involve sixty plus goal involvements. He's smarter with his movement. Uh, he 
even in the semifinal, was not the semifinal second leg. He was not Mr. You know, take the game by the scruff of the neck. He was a role player, essentially. He was almost like a decoy in some respects, and it worked out. And and Rodri, to be able to hit that ball and, and do what he does, um, I, I agree. He's, he's an elite DM. Is he the best in the world? Based on consistency, based on versatility, based on how much Pep Guardiola puts on his shoulders and how easily it seems he takes it, mm-hmm. I think I am in full agreement with you that uh, Rodri is the best DM on the on the planet. But I, I just I I kind of love <clears throat> I I actually do I love that it was Rodri that was yeah. the decider in this game. Okay, um, do you think Erling Haaland is the best striker in the world right now? Uh, yeah, he has to be. I mean, based on just sheer volume, absolutely. I I don't I don't know. This is one of those things where statistics tell just a massive, massive story. And I don't really care if if Erling Holland only hit for thirty goals this season. Maybe we'd have a conversation about this best striker in the world. The man hit sixty. Okay, sixty goal involvements. He had fifty two and fifty two so far since joining City. He's got nine assists to boot. Okay, this he. he he just is so dominant in this particular setup right now um, that, yeah, he's the best striker in the world. He is, easily. <laughs> and anyone that thinks otherwise, I don't know what you're watching so at this moment in time. The best uh, striker in the world, Erling Haaland. Ballon d'Or winner. Yeah. 52 goals scored. Top goal scorer in the Champions League. Record breaker yeah. in the Premier League. Wins the European treble for Man City in his first season. History has been made. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that we're stating this. But we got to give it. I I, I want to give. I want to give a, a special yeah. shout <laughs> to Guardiola. Guardiola sure. made the Man City culture be a winning culture. Winning culture. Pep Guardiola has won five Premier Leagues. He's won a Champions League already. And 35 trophies in his career. 13 years as a manager, and he's got 35 careers. He's going to be the greatest manager of all time when he retires. Yeah. If he keeps and, it and up, he's, definitely. If he keeps it up. And for the, yeah, and, and you, can, you can preface it with uh, best all-time of the modern era if you don't want to get into the whole debate about Sir Alex versus Pep Guardiola. But Pep Guardiola, I think you might have just said this, is now the only manager in history to hit for a treble, to win a treble, with two separate clubs, right? Only manager in history. That, in and of itself, uh, tells you a whole bunch. And you can argue all you want about the blueprint of the clubs that he got. You know, Barcelona was not some struggling team when he came in. Bayern Munich was not some struggling team when he came in, and nor was nor was Manchester City. But in the end, he, as you mentioned, he built this. He built the blueprint. He brought in the signings. I don't care if he spent a billion plus, he's actually gotten something out of it versus the other clubs that right now are trying to keep up in the uh, football transfer arms race that have gotten next to nothing out of it. So Pep Guardiola, when it comes to return for amount spent uh, and this modern day football manager that's kind of expected to be a master of all traits, including, you know, motivationally and mental healthy and all that stuff that you're expected to pick up. Yeah, Pep Guardiola is uh, definitely up there. I, I, it's, it's just, it's amazing to me. And he's got the, the, the purest understanding of the culture that he built at Manchester City is what Rod Rees said at the end of the game when he was interviewed. It was, this is for the guys who set the stage before us. This is for Fernandinho. 
This is for Sergio Aguero. This this is for the guys that could not last, not <laughs> last year, but could not get this over the hump because it was not our time. And and this this was their time, and this was one of the most dominant um, seasons of football I have seen from a club, oh. uh, regardless of money spent. Oh, so. I, I, you, well, what you said, it's unbelievable. Aguero, one year after his retirement, yeah. he sees Argentina yeah. win the World Cup with Lionel Messi Oof. being the star star of the tournament and he sees man city win the champions league with erling holland <laughs> erling holland uh, being the star the striker ay aguero ay aguero definitely a legend though and i love to see him involved in all the party but absolutely. last point with guardiola it's guardiola yep. has won three la ligas he's won three bundesligas he's won three yep. champions leagues five premier leagues like some people would just be happy with like two two of these titles guardiola Not is a master of this game and he won't stop now he won't stop now that's the scary part real madrid yeah. knows that they have to sign players because pep guardiola is with all this all these options at man city and only yep. pep guardiola would do what they he did with john stones john stones has, I know. Like, yeah. John Stones is the luckiest player to have the manager like Pep Guardiola to put him in <laughs> midfield. Like, Southgate must be thinking now, I got to play him in yeah. midfield. I got to play yeah. him in midfield. And the English I'm... players with Guardiola making history with Man City. You got an English core with Grealish, Foden, Rico mm -hmm. Lewis, the youngest Englishman to win the Champions League, 18 years old, 201 days. You got Cole Palmer yeah. even there. You got Kyle Walker. Stones, you got yeah. so... You got a core and you got a future. Man City history's been made. And yes, they bought their way there, but they bought the right way with Pep Guardiola. Yeah, so well, I can buying your buying your way there seems to be the modern day for football approach. Uh and that's why it, it, there, there's a myth out there. Okay. There's a myth out there, Alex, that uh, that Manchester United on the backs of the class of nineteen ninety-two in their academy, right? Won that treble. Okay, and let's be honest, it was actually Molda striker, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, that won that treble for them in the 93rd wow. minute. It was Teddy Sheringham, who was not Manchester-born, okay, he was English, but he was not Manchester-born, that ended up winning that treble for them uh, in 1999. So, uh, and, and there's this myth that Manchester United back in 1999, this is when I was becoming a, a just obsessed uh, as an American that couldn't get all the nuggets and all the details of things except through, like, world soccer. I mean, there was really no internet throwing things out there these days. They spent, if you inflation adjust what they spent on Yopstam at center back, if you uh, adjust what they spent on Andy Cole, Dwight York, some of the other ones that they used to fill out their core, Manchester United spent a pretty penny. Does it come close to the billion dollars plus that uh, that city spent? No, no, probably not. <laughs> but to say that they did not spend is a little bit naive. Okay, I th I think um, you say but more yeah, of the influence they had more of an influence on the academy, and I think that's that's facts. I think it it is it is Neville, but Skulls. Yeah, I I get it. They were all they were all like one club, one but, club wonders. But um, I gotta give it to Pep Guardiola with the amount of youth. That is winning all these yeah. trophies too. Man True. City have a future with Rico Lewis, Foden, Julian Alvarez. Holland is 22. Imagine if they managed to convince him in the next four or five years that 
the team to win the Champions League back to back to back every time the favorite is Man City. Why would Erling Haaland yeah. leave so if he's the most talked player in the world? Like Erling Haaland, if he wins the Ballon d'Or this season, mm. he's the first player to do so since Christian Ronaldo. Imagine if he does back to back Ballon d'Ors with Champions League I 2 know. at Man City with Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Like, Guardiola would be admitting that he's the greatest player that he's coached since Messi. Since Messi. Yeah. That's the mind. Yeah. That's the mind of Erling Haaland. Unbelievable, yeah. Breton. Unbelievable. And, just... and you, 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 yeah. you also mentioned Julian Alvarez here exactly. because at, at, at some point, I don't necessarily see if Haaland's still there, how you get Julian Alvarez on the pitch. Mm. Uh, as as frequently as he would like to, except with fixture congestion. We all know that for probably for the foreseeable future, Manchester City is going to be playing easily 60-plus fixtures a year. Yeah. So there's plenty of time. But Julian Alvarez, within the last six months, it's it's a similar conversation to Erling Holland. Uh, Julian Alvarez can improve his own, his own statistics, but in terms of what this kid, this 23-year-old, has won in just the last six-plus months... He's the first player in footballing history to win a treble and a World Cup Julian in one Alvarez. season. Oh. Julian Alvarez. That is correct. And he is also one of esteemed company next to Franz Beckenbauer, next to Roberto Carlos, next to Gert Müller. He is one of esteemed company if, if all you do is water it down to winning a Champions League and a World Cup in the same year. Only he ten. is one of like 15 ten. or so. So... Ten. Exactly ten. So it's it's unbelievable the the plaudits, mm -hmm. and that's why like part of me goes for Holland for uh for Julian Alvarez. Do you think some of the, do you think they expected this precipice to be reached? This is like getting you you expect I don't know two days or I'm sorry you expect a week to get to the top of Mount Everest and you wind up getting there in a day and down without getting frostbite of some some uh... respect. Like where do you go from here? Where do Guardiola you go from here for Erling Haaland? I then. think Guardiola so. expected this because Guardiola made the decision last summer of letting go Gabriel Jesus for 50 million, Zinchenko, yeah. and Cancelo in yeah. January. He knows clearly what he needed to win the Champions League, and he, that's what he needed, Alvarez and Haaland in his team. And Alvarez but, uh, offers that versatility that he can play striker, yeah. he can play behind the striker, he can play yeah. even on the wing if it's needed. But Alvarez, yeah. off the bench, adds so much value that, yes, he's one of the best substitutes that any team in the world can have. That is fucked. I completely agree with you. It, and it's the first it, season. It, it, it's the first season. It, it, was not, it was not even 18 months ago, if that, you know, that we were watching Enzo Fernandez and Julian Alvarez in Marcelo Gallardo's River Plot side. And we were ba basically both of us saying, I don't know if we expected them to, to, to go this high this quick. Um, but, but my goodness, you and I saw something special. Um, but uh, for them to come in, and that's the thing. It's like you mentioned Pep Guardiola definitely having the plan in place. Mm -hmm. But do do we actually think that Pep Guardiola thought that within one season he was going to get them on a click? Okay, and, and hindsight so. is twenty twenty. He might have convinced himself that he did, but I think that that's BS because there is no way that he didn't at least, I don't know, budget in one year where it was going to be kind of a transition period. For Alvarez, uh, because no. But for yeah. Holland, yes. Because Holland, yes, it's 60 or 50 million that is publicized, but guarantee yeah. people at home. It's more than 100 million to bring Holland to City. That was a big yeah. transfer with agent fees, 
contract fees, everything fees, <laughs> everything yeah. fees. So I think how I think he had expectations though to win a Champions okay. League this season. And when Ruben Dias come back comes back and all this, we still like I'm mentioning Alvarez too. Mentioning Alvarez yep. too. Julian Alvarez won a Copa America, has won an FA yeah. Cup, a Premier League, a World Cup, a Champions League, a Libertadores, and he's only 23. This is complete at football. This is co different continents, man. That is mad yep. what Alvarez is doing. Absolutely mad. So people, leave a comment and a like if you want to see more Ballon d'Or talk and Man City talk in the future, people. Woo! Well, I wanted to mention but, but, that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, and and also we have to give a little love, right? We, you and I, I think we're in unanimous agreement that this was never going to be a steamrolling, mm. right? It was never going to be a steamroll of Manchester City. It's they're so good. That's not how football is generally, mm -hmm. right? Um, this is one of the best Manchester City's uh, squads, if not the best Manchester City squad ever assembled. I think so. And Inter Milan. Inter Milan harried them. They played to their strengths. They had their chances. And yes, you can, mm. you know, scream until the cows come home about Romelu Lukaku bungling it for them, whatever, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, in the end, Ederson really had to do nothing for about 70 minutes. And then in the last 20 minutes, he became what he needed to become in order to preserve the win, mm -hmm. okay? Manchester City just had the, 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 um, the, the whole cast... Uh, reassemble and have to reassemble because Alex, they had, and I just hit my mic, they had their excuse, their excuse to lose to Inter Milan. They had it wrapped up. It was what? Kevin De Bruyne ripping his hamstring, having to leave the game. No. There it was. And what did they wind up doing? They wind up, wound up giving Inter Milan maybe a little more space, a little more whatever. Mm -hmm. Federico DeMarco was everywhere on the pitch. Nicola Barella had a great game, I thought. Uh, Andre Onana um, is now considered probably one of the best goalkeepers on the planet. Uh, I just um, think that this particular time, they said, you know, De Bruyne is gone again. Uh, we're going to assemble. We're going to come back together. This is this is we we're going to get this done, and that's exactly what they did. So, I, I um, but it, I agree with what yeah, you it, said, and I think you definitely said a lot of names. And we we people put down below your 11s of best 11 of the Champions League. Okay, we want to see a lot of players, not just Man City players. We want to see Inter mentions. We want to see like. Real Madrid, maybe? I want to see bold mentions, yep. too. Best 11 mentions in the comment section down below. And underrated, I just want to say, he's not in my best 11, but underrated is yeah. Acerbi. Acerbi locked in Erling Haaland in that final. He played extremely yeah. well. And he's a Simon Izagi type player. Simon Izagi too, that he's won seven finals in his last nine. Underrated manager in finals. And he's going to stay at Inter too. So it's going to be interesting what they're going to do with all the go. players that went bold in this final. That I have some in my team. Because in the Champions but, League, they wouldn't have gone to a final with a lot of the players that were present. Uh, uh, no? But there's, also, there's also a good, good chance that Inter Milan wouldn't have found their way to the final if they had a different bracket, right? A different side of the bracket. Um, but, uh, they, uh, they were one of the best defenses in the whole entire tournament. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it was just, it was a good game of football. Um, uh, but if you're going to ask them to list their best 11, are you going to list yours? Because I got to hear it. 
Okay. Do you, do you have one too, Bretton? <laughs> I do. I have, so, one. I have one for you. So goalkeeper, I think it's... I, I, my goalkeeper is Onana, Andre Onana. Yeah. He had a terrific yeah. season for Inter. He had eight clean sheets in the competition. And I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if he gets to move after all this. So Onana is my goalkeeper. And my best defense of the Champions League has Onana. Di Marco at the left. Great tournament by him. I have Ruben Dias, mm -hmm. the best center back in the Premier League. Next to Bastoni, that he was terrific too. And at the right, I have Kyle Walker. What a tournament too by Kyle Walker. Unbeatable one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm not too far off there, but but we're 50% in agreement here. Um, so my goalkeeper also is Anana, And I'm going to throw one other stat out there. Not only did he lead the Champions League in shutouts, he also led the Champions League in goals prevented right above Thibaut Courtois. Uh, but I do have to give a shout out to Ederson because he became what he needed to become in that those final minutes of that game. Made a couple point blank saves. So uh, my defense, though, right in front of Onana uh, is Federico DeMarco um, and center backs Ruben Diaz. And I have to put John. Uh, I have to put John Stones in there because he was, in my opinion, that little tactical switch. And it was not little. I don't know why I'm saying that. John Stones was the difference um, for this run, in my opinion. Uh, so John Stones gets in there barely over Bastoni, who is phenomenal, and I think he might be primed for a big move. And right back, I'm going to go completely out of left field, uh, but he was consistently good all season as a 33-year-old for Napoli, captain of Napoli. I'm going to say Giovanni Di Lorenzo, uh, because... Uh, watching him lift the trophy trophy for Napoli, um, it, watching him uh, go through what they did. They didn't. Yeah, first. Exactly. And uh, Di Lorenzo was just kind of Kyle Walker was great. But Di Lorenzo, I think all across the board throughout the tournament was phenomenal. I... One other thing about DeMarco, yep. DeMarco, DeMarco, if, if the, any part of the, like the Chelsea loan army ever needs uh, a little hope, a little light at the end of the tunnel. All you have to do is look at Federico DeMarco and his rise at 25 years old now uh, in Inter Milan. Born in Milan, he's Milan through and through, and here he has been loaned out multiple times to Ascoli, to Parma, to Empoli, to FC Sion in Switzerland. Uh, I might have missed one in there, and it was only last season that he started to show signs of life for Inter Milan, for his club. And this season, he had a breakout season as one of the one of the best 17. in the world. He's exactly. So he had a debut at seventeen. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. So anyone that's out there that's been on multiple loans, it can still happen because Di Marco, uh, Champions League finalist. I don't know if he would have. Uh, well, two years ago, he would have been in Switzerland or something. I so I don't know what you know. So it it's pretty great. So yeah, defense, Di Marco Diaz. Uh, Stones and Di Lorenzo. And I think Inzaghi showed to the world in this final that wonderful work with Dumfries and Di Marco that the fullbacks do at Inter. Di Marco mm -hmm. is one of the best crossers at the fullback in the world right now. And I think a team like City would love to have him. <laughs> at yeah, the there left. you go. At the left. Okay, so... But, okay, with the midfield, I... And yep. I just want to give a heads up to with Stones. Stones, I didn't know where to put him. In midfield or yep. in center back, but I didn't manage to put him. So, and okay. I think people will understand. <laughs> but I want to give a That's special okay. credit to Stones and for the importance he had. I, I, I agree with you. Talent and Stones' okay. position change. But, but my yep. best midfield of the Champions League in this edition has Rodri, the best CDM in the world that scored in the final. Mm -hmm. 
It has Nicolo mm. Barella, the perfect midfielder and the leader of the Inter midfield, and Kevin De Bruyne, the best maestro in football right now. This, for me, is the best midfield of the Champions League, in my opinion. I probably agree with you, uh, but I'm going to be a coward. I'm just mm. going to be a straight, straight coward here. Uh, my, my locks are Rodri at DM. Mm -hmm. uh, but my, you know, right next to him or right, a, whatever, in front of him is going to be Joshua Kimmich. Simply because <laughs> I could not decide, believe it or not, between Varela and Gundogan. The amount of times Gundogan uh, showed his consistency came up big for City late on. Um, I needed to, but I also could not put a Manchester City all the way through. Joshua Kimmich, um, Bayern would have hoped to have done more. And they actually shot themselves in the foot. And it was not Joshua Kimmich's fault, in my opinion. This kid is world-class consistently. Um, and he's not a kid anymore, so I shouldn't say that. But Joshua Kimmich, uh, I, I have to put him there because I couldn't decide between Barella and Gundogan, one. And two, he's going to be like the biggest, you know, sit back, fill up your popcorn, butter it up, and, and watch what happens with Kimmich this offseason. Um, because I think he wants out of Bayern. I think Joshua Kimmich wants gone. I think gone. So <laughs> yeah. I think I know where to. <laughs> but we'll, let, we'll put in the transfers. But put them below if you know where I'm hinting. But uh, mm -hmm. with with the midfield, okay, that's interesting. Yep. I, I understand Gundoga. But I think, yep. okay, it was very important with Real. But the presence yep. in the Premier League, Gundoga, like he said, no, Premier League is my house. De Bruyne, true. I, I, I bet I understand Breton. But people, De, De Bruyne is in there. De Bruyne is in there. If I didn't, if I didn't say it, it's Rodri, Kimmich, and De Bruyne. Tell Had to have him midfield. there. Tell us your midfield yep. and front trio. I think. Look, mm. hey, front trio, the best front trio in the Champions League in a four-three-three system. I'm gonna put mm. Bernard Silva, Erling Haaland, the Ooh. best striker in the world, and at left wing, it has to be unanimous. It's Vinicius Junior. Yeah. Vinicius Junior, okay. top, top three player for the Ballon d'Or two, in my opinion. That's that's what I believe. But Best for special team. shout out to to Jack Grealish because exactly. yeah, you true. gotta throw it out there, man. You gotta throw it out it's there. Um, and I, I'm just gonna throw out there that uh, yeah, once again, anyone do not ever come at me with Jack Grealish as a flop ever again. Okay, um, but. My my front three were very similar, except I didn't go the Portuguese route on on the right wing. I what? went again. Uh, I went with stats, and I'm gonna say Mo Salah on the right wing. So I've got no. Vinicius at left wing, Holland up top. I basically went top three scores um, all across the board. Because Mo Salah was Mo Salah was like the only positive thing about Liverpool. Um, well, through Champions League, he was phenomenal. I know. I... So much better than Salah. So much better right now. So much better. Oh, you don't. You don't agree? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you're telling me that if somebody could swap Mo Salah for Bernardo Silva in the Manchester City side, you're telling me that it wouldn't happen. I think Pep wouldn't Guardiola want that? wouldn't do that. I think Pep Guardiola wouldn't do that. I could be wrong, okay. but I think he wouldn't do that. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know what other people think because I probably would. I, I probably say, would. I want to have this on yeah. tape because I'm hearing a bit of rumors here and there. Uh -huh. Okay, and some people close to Bernard Silva are reportedly stating that Bernard Silva wouldn't mind going to Benfica maybe in one or two years' time. Okay, oh. he's won the Champions oh. League, he's made history, and he can, he okay. can win a Champions League 
with with Benfica, with the right players, with the right manager, I, with a bold with a bold scenario. So I I, I thought I, I thought you were about to tell me Bernardo Silva's heading to Inter Miami. <laughs> oh, that's somebody else. Oh, but we'll we'll go there. We'll I, go there. But, but I know he he sounded very wishy washy in his post game comments, but. Uh, Benfica, that but, is pretty yeah. crazy. Let's see, let's see. It's, it's Shalana's wish, and I know Bernard Silva. Yeah, he he loves the club. That's his club. So let's see. I don't want. I just want to have it on tape before anything happens. And I know it's in this best eleven video. <laughs> and wow. people, you're you're being infoed. So let's. I want to say, yeah. just say my eleven, my eleven yeah. here, my best eleven of the Champions League this season has on an end goal. Di Marco, Ruben Dias, Bastoni, and Walker at the right. My three in midfield, I have Rodri, De Bruyne, and Nicola Barella. And the front trio with the magic Bernard Silva, best striker in the world, Erling Haaland, and Vinicius Jr. Samba do Brasil. That's the best lineup of the Champions League, <laughs> in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, well, I disagree, respectfully. <laughs> my best 11 of uh, the 2022-2023 Champions League is goalkeeper Andre Onana. Left back is Federico DeMarco. Two center backs is Diaz and John Stones. Biggest, uh, huge, huge for him. Right back is Giovanni Di Lorenzo. My midfield is Rodri, Joshua Kimmich. I know I'm a coward. De Bruyne. And then my front three is Vinicius. It's Erling Haaland. And it is Mo Salah of Liverpool. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's, you know, the bench, though, the, the people that were left off, the quality that was left off, we haven't even spoken about Enzo Fernandez. We haven't spoken about João Mario, uh, who had a phenomenal season. Uh, Grimaldo, yeah, left back. Great season from him. Um, who's the other one? Ugart, Ugart, Ugart for uh, Sporting, I think. No, Tonali no, no. Uh, at the start, yes, was the great. Group stage. Yes, you're right. At you're the right. start. In the group stage, there were a lot of people waxing poetic about him in Portugal, for a while. Mentioning Ugart was very bold in the group stages, and Florentino led in tackles mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the Champions League. Yeah. And I think he's top three in interceptions too. So Florentine Luis, for 40 million, he might be leaving. So people, put your 11s of the Champions Where? League down below and like yeah. like this video too. But ooh, we're hinting ooh. best 11 of the Champions League. There's a player that will be not talking anymore in the Champions no. League. And I, I, I never, never thought this was going to happen in short, such a short notice and such a short time. I like, we're friends, Brunson, and this happened, man. You will have a top three player in the MLS in the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. That's yeah. mad. That's mad, yeah. Brunson. How do you, you feel? Yeah. How do you feel? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say vindicated. Um, <laughs> I, I do agree with you that getting Leo Messi to enter Miami this quickly is shocking. I, I thought, uh, and I, I think it's a massive, massive moment. Um, for Major League Soccer, because this is one of those things where everyone came together. Everyone. This is where it's good that MLS operates as something called a single entity structure, because everybody, all 29 clubs, are going to be subsidizing, essentially, uh, the salary, the $50 million that's been reported, guaranteed salary of Leo Messi. Not only that, corporate sponsors and league sponsors, Adidas... They're going to be giving him a cut of jersey sales. Uh, 
Apple is going to be giving him a cut of new subscriptions to the MLS season pass. Um, the Inter Miami might be giving him equity ownership, but he's going to get a Beckham-like deal where he might have his pick of the litter when it comes to a franchise in the future in a closed-circuit league that allows uh, market values of clubs to be astronomic. Uh, because why? There's no relegation. So the fact that they tidied this up and they appealed to his desire to build the game while also being maybe mildly out of the limelight um, at the timing that they did with the 2026 World Cup coming up, uh, it, it is it is going to go down as possibly the biggest, <laughs> biggest shift in MLS history, uh, in maybe American football history, 100%. Um, next maybe, to no when maybe. Beckham came in in 2007. No more maybe. No more maybe. Yeah, I, I, I should say it. Messi I should, yeah. going to the MLS is the most important transfer ever in MLS history. And the second is Beckham. Why? Because yeah. it led to this one. Yeah. <laughs> the second That's right. is Beckham. Just because. But Beckham, phenomenal entrepreneur. He gets in yeah. five years $255 million. He acquires Inter Miami for only $25 million. And now they're potentially valued over a billion. With Lionel Messi now joining in. Absolutely. They, they have more followers than Miami Heat on Instagram yeah, already. Yeah. Messi it, it, is going to like, change the like culture of sports in the United States of America. It should. Football it has should. landed. Football has landed in America. No more Kylie Jenner. No more LeBron James. It's Lionel Messi. Christian Ronald, maybe with all this, they never know. But yeah, it's Lionel never Messi. Know. The protagonist but, now of soccer or football transition now in the states. And, and here's the rea here's the reality of the team that he joins, right? Mm -hmm. Inter Miami just fired Phil Neville as their coach. Phil Neville then went and joined, <laughs> not even as a head coach, he joined as an assistant coach, the Canadian national team uh, coaching setup. Okay, yeah. uh, they are dead last. They just lost big last night, um, and they've got a lot of work to do. Um, but Lionel Messi, uh, you know, Martino, right? Uh, what was that? Yeah, Tata Martino might might be coming in. But Lionel Messi, <laughs> when it comes down to it, um, this is maybe a shot across the bow. I told you previously that there would be a relaxing of the purse strings, right? They would allow the purse strings to be opened as we get prepared for 2026 World Cup, because everyone here is insanely realistic for the most part about the trajectory. You can't buy your way to world clout. You can't buy your way to any, you, you can't buy a heritage, right? Yep. And when it comes to footballing heritage, the rest of the world has like a hundred years on us, okay? League, league, and yep. mm -hmm. exactly, the league, exactly. And when it comes down to it, Lionel Messi um, is invested in what should be a upward trajectory that I hope doesn't go too fast, too quick, but we should definitely start to see beyond Messi at 35 years old or 36 when he takes the field for them. Beyond Messi, we should start to see the 25-year-olds start coming in. We should see more, um, uh, more Miguel Almiron's, more you know, but like 10 of them. Okay, and all of these franchises are now lifted uh, by this. They're all united by it, um, and you know, I, I just can't believe that at some point, right down the way here, a couple miles away from me. Uh, at Subaru Park, we might see Lionel Messi uh, kick it around, kicking it around with some of our academy graduates um, that 
I don't know, you know, that You're are 17 it. years old right You're now. Gonna it. It, it's going to be amazing. You're gonna gonna, I'm going to get it. my, I, I got to get my press pass back. That's what I got to do. I got to go get my press it. pass back. And you can't believe it's, it, man. You I was, I was there. It. I was there in 2007 when, when David Beckham came into this league, I had a press pass back then. Okay. So, I was writing for the New York Red Bulls. Uh, and I watched one of the best games ever. And the, the ground floor, it was 5-4 was the end game. 17-year-old Josie Altador scored the winner in that game. It was in front of 75,000 people at the Meadowlands. It's... And I remember I was so shocked at being able to just walk up to David Beckham and ask him questions. Ask him questions. That is not going to happen anymore in Major League Soccer. Major League Soccer is, is moving into the, the, the media stratosphere uh, nowhere close to the Premier League. Nowhere close to any of the other big leagues but just yet. Like, but, but we will be growing exponentially from here on out. A lot needs to change. And you're mentioning from 2007, one of the biggest problems, I'm going to say, in the MLS is the wage structure. Yeah. You got Shakiri mm. getting seven million, finessing the league. Of course. Okay. Yeah. But you got to get, you got to solve this because Inter Miami, with Lionel Messi, has the pull to attract the biggest players that want to play with him. I believe Di Maria, Luis Suarez, Sergio Busquets, Palacios, yep. all of them would consider going to the MLS. And all at the same time, too. So the MLS has to solve the wage the wage the wage cap. I don't it just can't happen with Lionel Messi there. That's the first but, but to be but, but but that's the that's the kind of we have to see what happens with Messi before you can just say bring him in because that brings in I love Busquets, I love Luis Suarez. I know they've got more more, you know, energy left on their legs and that they're better than the majority of, you know, our MLS players here. But when it comes down to it, I don't want thirty seven year olds in this league unless they're Lionel Messi. Right. Oh, I want, uh, I, I, uh, Busquets fine. Okay. But I feel that, that we can start to attract the stepping stone. I want like an Alan Varela from, uh, from Boca, Boca juniors. Junior. I want, yeah. I want the young 23, 24 that, that are chomping at the bit to play in the same league as Lionel Messi, to, uh, chomping at the bit to take advantage of the infrastructure that MLS offers. Even if the footballing heritage is catching up and growing and growing and growing, but all this is leading up to the 2026 world cup. That, Bretton, but so, I think I hope so. the, the curveball that I think you're not thinking about it's imagine mm. if there was internet at the time the New York cosmos existed right now, sure. the MLS would be in a, very different point that they are right now and the way i see it is they have to attract these big names like di maria there's no scrub di maria would literally land and be one of the best wingers in the mls and he would be happy yeah. to play in inter miami and it's all about messi's happiness what's going to be the image in all this zlatan arrived in the, uh, the mls and he, he won the league will Lionel messi do so if that happens will it bring even more fans it will. So I do think they will yeah. try to assemble a top team next to him. But I can't I, understand I, I, you it, with the wage. Uh, but I think I, it has to change again. It, it, a lot of it is a product of me growing up with this league and seeing the pits and the pitfalls of building this league and trying to see it uh, reach validity, reach um, you know worldwide acceptance. I guess so. A lot of me is definitely being cautious with that because I don't want to open it up to the point where. You've got a bunch of billionaire owners that are in this league that are ready to spend if you give them the go-ahead. But you want to do it in a concert. There's a chicken before the egg conversation, right? You want to do it uh, 
you can't spend it all and then expect everybody to watch it, right? And I'm going to make a bold statement here. Mm. Lionel Messi, in his time in Major League Soccer, will not win an MLS Cup. I believe he can. And I, I believe he will. I believe, oh, oh, he can. But I'm just going to say that based on the parity in this league, I, I don't think Lionel Messi is going to win, okay? There's been, it's like something like 11 MLS champions in the last 17 years. Um, it's impressive how they've been able to do that. And that is kind of an American thing. You know, a different team wins the Super Bowl, except when Tom Brady's around. Uh, a different team wins the World Series pretty much every year. A different team, they all spend a lot, but the salary cap is a, is a, is a tough it's a tough pill to swallow for a bunch of owners that have just as much push and pull financially as the rest of the world's owners. And there's a reason why there's so many American owners buying and snapping up clubs in the Premier League, mm -hmm. in Lyon, in Syria now. They're all over the place, and they're going to continue kind of like Saudi Arabia and Qatar and you know some other places. They're going to continue to do that. Why? Because they're great investments. They're great sure. investments, the way football. So, I don't know, man. We're going to be talking about this a lot, but just the thought of Lionel Messi, you know, walking down in, you know, walking down South Beach. He's already, he's had a property in, since two, 2021. I think he bought like a $9 million house down there. They love Miami. It is the uh, Latino capital, essentially, of the United States. Um, you know, South America, Central America, everything comes to this crossroads in Miami, uh, in Florida. Uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful place, and they're going to build a stadium, and uh, he's in for hopefully a very happy period of his and life. I think, too, Miami is the city that he choose, chose because that's his favorite city, reports said. It's Barcelona yep. and Miami's two favorite cities in the world. So Beckham had his pitch real easy with Lionel Messi. Yeah. But I wanted the, yes, my last did. mention with Messi, with this Messi transfer, is the biggest winners of Messi going to the MLS and to the United States is Adidas. Nike dominates oh. US with LeBron, Michael Jordan, oh. with Christian Ronaldo, Mbappe, but Adidas with Lionel Messi. This is this is a bomb, a bomb, especially before the World Cup too. Added as one yeah. bold, and they're even paying their, a bit of his salary. It's the Apple sub, yep. subs, and it's the yep. jersey sales with the fifty million paying Inter Miami. I think that will be more than more than a hundred million. I think the site crashed after ten minutes. After ten uh, minutes, every Inter every Inter Miami away game also is already basically sold out. Okay, uh, Inter Miami will be here not even two weeks from today, and Lionel Messi's not playing. And yet people were making the sites crash trying to get <laughs> tickets, which makes no sense because Lionel Messi will not be here then, right? The um, it, 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 oh is, it, it is going to have a profound effect um, on the commercial level for sure for Major League Soccer. And it, it won't take long for them to recoup whatever value. And let's be honest, what they've given him mm -hmm. is not just $1.5 spread over three years in cash. They gave him equity ownership. They gave him a reason to want to be an ambassador for the league beyond. They've already set him up for his playing days when his playing days are over. He can stay in Miami. He can be an ambassador, much like Pele was, for the NASL, which then had a very sad, quick death. But MLS is trying to have the staying power, but at the same time, they're trying to bring in and, and, and to become as relevant as possible without just throwing cash um at people and i think Lionel messi i love that he made a quick decision i love that he basically said um 
This no is it. This is where my family is going to be comfortable. He said yeah. no to Barca. Um, Tell us down below your thoughts about the Messi transfer. And if you want more topics just like this, put down below a topic and we will be reacting in the podcast. Like mm. this video, people. But Love it. We're mentioning Messi. He had he had to say yes. to No, he said yes to Inter Miami. But Messi said yep. no to Barca. To Barca. Mm -hmm. His home. His, his loved home, okay? And it must be so hard to be a Barca fan to see this happening. But we have positive... Positive predictions for Barca, no Breton, <laughs> or I yeah. at least have. <laughs> I at no, least have. I, I gotta hear it. I gotta hear for, uh, hear it first because I'm I'm not here to just pour water all over your Barca talk. But uh, I'm Look, excited. What 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 I, is this Barca talk you're bringing up? I think realistic transfers for Barca this summer is to get Junquecillo, uh -huh. which will cost less than 50 million. Like Man City want to sell them. They're not going to sell him for 70. And when he's high form, he's 70. But not right now. In the, in today's market. And I think they should get Joshua okay. Kimmich. Convince Joshua oh Kimmich God. to go to Barca. Just like you convinced Lewandowski. You have the best defense in the world in form. You can have the best CDM with Joshua Kimmich in form. To compete with Rodrian Kinsmiru. And solve the wingers next to Lewandowski. And the Champions League is there. The Champions League is there. And I think Gavi will be a winger like an Iniesta role playing on the wing too. I think that will be the long-term long position yeah. for him. I mean, I, <laughs> the Kimmich, the Kimmich addition would, as I've said previously, would, would put it over the top for me. I'd almost have to become uh, a straight Barca fan um, <laughs> just because he's such a great such a great conductor and he just fits into that. And yeah, you're right. The Lewandowski spine with Kimmich, with uh, Ter Stegen, um in at goal uh i know Lewandowski is polish but yes he mm -hmm. he grew up in the bundesliga um I, I, that that'd be that'd be pretty crazy that would be cr pretty crazy i just don't know how you're paying for this and i feel like i'm having deja vu all over again and and here i am going who's on the outgoing is it rafinha uh is it usmane dembele is it just all the wages that go okay ferran torres Fati. got it ferran torres Fati. Fati. Busquets a big contract's gone too. <sighs> Dest, yeah. I don't think he'll be staying. Dest. <laughs> I think these yeah. four straight no. off the bat. <laughs> They're gone. No, I, but it's I think Barca yeah. we're gonna have such a big summer with Real Madrid that Barca will have to move too. And the only great move, if they they did didn't they're not gonna get Messi. The only great move no. I can see is Kimmich because Bayern Munich isn't a happy place. We've already seen Declan Royce rumors to Bayern yeah. Munich so yeah I, I don't know man but let's see people put down below the Barca transfer news but well, I want to sorry yes Bretton <laughs> no no it's just you're it's just another needle that needs to be threaded by them I I think I think there were a lot of people um well I was I mean I I was a little put off by their statement about the whole Lionel Messi just being out of the limelight even if there is a certainly a degree of truth to it um I just think it's kind of ridiculous because you know Lionel Messi will always be Barca's largest fan and largest ambassador when it comes down to it but like you basically said get out of here we can't support you in any way shape or form unless you play for free for me and then you then you get angry at him when he decides not to come back I don't think um, and, and to put his family through that all over again. This guy is not thinking with his checkbook clearly but he's also not thinking with his nostalgia um he had his best years at barca it's time to move on and frankly barcelona mm -hmm. you need to move on too you need to move on too 
It can't be Messi in your future. It needs to be Gavi, Pedri, um, and and those that are coming up. I don't know. We're we gonna throw uh, hmm. what's Balde. his name, Lamine Yamal up there, or whatever. Balde. But no, I. A Balde, yeah. Barcelona has a very, very intriguing summer once again uh, for us to watch and whether or not they can do that that balancing act. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, they got quite a few people in the last time. So I, I think you're right. Um, I think they can do it. But um, let's be honest. Real Madrid now has Eduardo Camavinga, yes, Federico yes. Valverde. Uh, Aurelian Schuamani, and they've got a certain kid that they just spent a hundred million on, uh, Jude Bellingham. Yes, um, yes, yes. And like this midfield. video for the Real Madrid talk people, the Real Madrid talk, the Galactico project. Do you think Real Madrid's midfield right now, in terms of future ability, is the best in the world right now, Breton? Yes. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Pedri, uh, come unequivocally. On. Pedri and Gavi, uh, come uh, on. <laughs> Uh, unequivocally I, I look at the depth of it kamavinga look yeah. at the versatility um Shua bellingham Manny. can play multiple roles shuamani can play multiple roles kamavinga can flip and play fullback if you need him to uh pedri and gavi are pedri and gavi two very brilliant footballers and they've got some guys coming down the pike but but my goodness this collection of talent which they spent a pretty penny on mm -hmm. this collection of talent is very easily uh the highest ceiling trio of midfielders uh, that that have that have been in a midfield in a very very long time. Good it's start. huge. And it's you huge. have yeah. at the back too Brahim Diaz coming in. So sure. the Galactico project this summer is very real. Florentino Perez mm. is going to go bold in terms of not Mbappe but everything surrounding and about Mbappe yeah. arriving and winning a Champions League straight away and winning a Ballon d'Or. I'm going to say Real yeah. Madrid. Have real PTSD after that 4-0 loss to Man City, mm -hmm. in which Courtois was the man of the match. And they ended La Liga in second, yes, but 10 points below Barcelona. No competitiveness. This will change yeah. next season. This transfer window, we've seen Frank Garcia locked. Jude Bellingham locked. We see Brahim Diaz locked. He's back. And we see it now. Harry Kane maybe coming. Maybe. maybe coming. Oh, Guy Havertz maybe. Sadio Mane, if I've, I've seen already. If Sadio Mane yeah. goes to Real Madrid for 25 to 30 million, I think he's going to ball out. I think he's going to be so happy. He's not going to be in the yeah. winter cold in, in the Bavaria area. He's going to be in sunny Madrid and loved as a Galactico. He, he was the dream, dreamt to be a Galactico when he was in Africa. Sadio Mane. And yeah, it's, it's you and, know, yeah, I, I gotta, I'm going to throw a name out there that you threw out earlier. Um, I know we've all linked Bernardo Silva to Barcelona, but no, Barcelona. Tell me why. T tell me why it doesn't happen with Real Madrid. It's uh, because <laughs> I look. I could see it happen, me, But it's if I was Real Madrid, would I say no to Bernardo Silva? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. But if they're getting Bellingham, <laughs> they have Brahim Diaz. A similar, not similar, but. You know, same role type thing. I don't think they'll be I focusing. I think the striker's the focus. I think fullback maybe is another focus. And goalkeeper with Lunin going. I think they're thinking okay. about all these variables. But I want to say too, it's a fact. This is a fact. Not this summer, Galactico fans. Not this summer. Mm. But Real Madrid, the next summer, most possibly will be getting Mbappe and Alfonso 
Davies. And that will be the start of the Galactico era, 100%. Imagine on yeah. one side, you got Fonsi Davies and Vinicius. And on the other, you got Mbappe. You got Jude Bellingham in midfield, Camavinga in midfield, Chouameni at the back too. You got so many options. Real Madrid yeah. dominate the world of football. And Mbappe, that Mbappe, that, that's the best way yeah. of him winning the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear you there. Uh, and Camavinga at that point will still be like, what, 21? Bellingham will be only like 22. Um, even if, I, it, it is pretty ridiculous um, what they're going to have to do. But they, they still... You know, I, I'm still not convinced Real Madrid, the striker, once again, this, okay, Real Madrid was obviously not Liverpool last season, right? The the, the necessity to have Jude Bellingham in midfield oh. um, was so much starker for, like, a Liverpool until they got essentially priced out of Jude Bellingham. Um, their bigger amount and where they should be spending the hundred million should have probably been at striker. I don't know if they knew that Benzema was going to leave as swiftly, um, as he left. Um, so when it comes down to it, it's still this gaping hole. Mm. It really is. And, and, and I think early on before they spend the money, well, they're going to have to spend the money on Harry Kane, but they just spent a hundred, potentially 130 on Jude <laughs> Bellingham. Uh, so it, 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 it's, there's still glaring holes in that Real Madrid no, side. Um, they could so, spend another mm. hundred on one player. I, I, I believe yeah. that Real Madrid, until the end of this market, this transfer window, people, they'll spend 150 to 200 million maybe still. Oh so they're, re they're really because of the wage, the wage uh, gap too. This the yeah. only fours right now with Real Madrid is Rodrigo and Vinicius, Mariano out, yeah. Hazard out, Benzema out, Asensio out too. So many players left, and I would love Maybe? to see in Firmino yeah. and Harry Kane. And imagine mm -hmm. if you get Sadio Mane too going to Real Madrid. Like, three yeah. years back, you'd, you'd say this to a Premier League fan. They'd say you're mad. The, the best players in the Premier League going to Alta Real Madrid on a cheap. On a cheap, considering yeah. how they how good they were, too. Like, Kane's going to cost, what, 100? Sadio Mane, 30? Probably. Firmino, yeah. free? Like, <laughs> that's mad. Yeah. That's mad. Uh, I, but uh, I could also see them going the younger route. I but mean, they, I still think they should right spend there. on Harry Kane, but... Sort Hendrik. of. I mean, Luka Jovic. Luka Jovic was the biggest. Thing. Yeah, and you know, sure, but like Nico Nico Jackson is one that I really like. I know you're not as high on him as I am, uh, but Nico Jackson internally, like within La Liga, it would make sense to to elevate one of the young strikers in La Liga uh, and give them a platform, and then marry him with like a Roberto Firmino. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, something like that. I, I, I they like they do. Rodriguez, man. I, I, I do, I do too. They just haven't really used them much. There's a four-year or three-year difference between the two. I'm with you. I would love to see them give more uh, Fabrica um, talents, uh, you know, a chance. Uh, Alvaro being the biggest one of them. Um, oh, wait, who's the other one? Who's the midfielder we like? Uh, Nico Paz? Nico uh, Paz is yes, great. Yes, the Argentinian. Great player too. Yes. For, frozen out. Never going to see, never going to see the light of day. At Real Madrid, <laughs> gotta go, gotta go somewhere else. It's Arribas. So, uh, I love Sergio Arribas too. Arribas, that's, yes, that's, yes, yes, that's yes, something yes. that needs to happen. I don't know where is he gonna go, but another quality yeah. player, La Fabrica, completely great mention too. But why do yeah. I mention Breton? They sold it already because Hendrik costs hmm. like seventy million, 
And that's true. like 70 million is like, like if they're getting Kane for a hundred, that's 30 million difference. <laughs> it's so yeah, I'm going to yeah. say Kane is the best option because he'd give time to Hendrik too, to develop as mm -hmm. a striker too. To play next to Vini, to play next to Mbappe, not play next to Rodrigo. Even Rodrigo striker, he can finish too. He is very smart yeah. in his movements. Something can happen. They can all play together. Fair enough. So, well, Galactico fans, it, it all... be happy about this. Modric, it, it, he finally might be leaving it, it, too. Like Benzema. I know. To the Saudi I know. League. What, Al, Al Hilal? Al Hilal at 70 million or something they're coming in with? Like, what the heck? I think it's 70 million guarantee with variables leading to 100, mil 100 million, maybe. Two seasons. 200 million for Modric, too. Oh my days. <laughs> you that's, that's, I don't, I don't, I don't get the end game here when it comes down to it, but uh, by all means, if, if, it's, if you're Luka uh, Modric and, and you uh, and you need a little dopamine hit, you need a, a little cashy cash before you cash out, oh. uh, do it. But I, I think Luka Modric is too much of a footballer. Um, but let's see. To, to, to do that. To and do Ancelotti that. But that is stayed. interesting. And then Chelotti yeah. stays in all this. He too. did stay. So tell us down below yeah. your transfers for Real Madrid and your Galactico project. What needs to happen? Like maybe Florentino Perez checks out this video. No, I'm joking, people. But maybe. like this video and go bold. Because if you like, maybe that will happen. No. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, we'll, but we'll mentioning see. We'll transfers. See. Mentioning transfers. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to me really mention, Bretton, before we uh, get to the topic? Well, the last topic. We all... Yeah, we all know my my love for Alexis McAllister um, and uh, him moving to Liverpool. Um, Liverpool, I think, are doing what they need what they needed to do last season, and they didn't do last season. Uh, but Alexis McAllister in for a, a little over forty million uh, makes a whole lot of sense. Why? Um, aside from being like a Gennaro Gattuso type of de uh, defensive mid, uh, Alexis McAllister can do pretty much every other role. Okay, so you have almost like two. Obviously, you need two bodies, but you have a guy that can be kind of a Swiss Army knife for the roles that Klopp needs. Uh, and then they're looking in the right direction, I think, by looking at Kefren Turam, um, the younger brother of Marcus Turam, and obviously the son of Lillian Turam, um, to, to fill in that gap. But I love Alexis McAllister to Liverpool. I'm just sad because it feels like the narrative, you know, Brighton, how often can Brighton hit slam dunks on their transfer policy. At some point, that that success is going to end. Um, hopefully, it doesn't end here. Uh, Yasin Ayari and some others. Uh, Buonanote, they've shown really, really decent promise. But Alexis McAllister is one. Aston Villa, getting Yuri Tielemann on free. Oh, 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 yes, yes. Unai Emery is building himself like a fun little club here that I am going to be watching next season as maybe the... I don't know. I don't know what they can do next season, but that midfield, they got Bubakar Kamara and Yuri Tielemann on a free. <laughs> In terms of midfield, Aston Villa with Tielemann, Bubakar yeah. Kamara, Douglas Luiz, yeah. McGinn, mm. Jacob mm. Ramsey, one of the best youngsters yeah. in the Premier League, Unai Emery. Yeah. Go bold. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. to see Aston Villa against Brighton because the youth the the projects the thinking yeah. about uh, uh, around the teams it has to be respected great mention and i want to say Roma. i want to give a shout out to Roma because mm. it's hard i think it's no i'm gonna i'm gonna say this <laughs> some italian fans will not be happy but the truth is we had three 
Italian teams in this European finals in the Conference League, Europa League, and then the Champions League, and all three lost. All three yep. lost. But Calcio's improving, and I think Serie A is going places. Maybe will be better than the Bundesliga in the next three, five years. Let's see. Yeah, Let's see. but remember how much we loved Paolo Maldini at AC Milan? It's, that's, Him, that's, that's true. That's a, that's a big development. If people don't know, Paolo Maldini has left AC Milan, um, and it will be the first time, obviously, until his son, Daniel Maldini, gets back from La Spezia. Uh, it'll be the first time in over 40 years that there is not a Maldini in an AC Milan shirt, which is crazy. My goodness. That's my that, goodness. That's wow. That's wow. Yeah. But I want to say Roma. Roma, just yeah. like last season, they signed Matic on a free. They signed Belotti mm -hmm. on a free. They get Dybala business done. Again, we're Frugal. seeing the summer the same. Usemaor, he signed on a free yeah. for Roma. And Endika, mm -hmm. a lot of reports are saying he's going to sign for Roma too. So Mourinho pulled everything. Like it's your pint at the the board, <laughs> the yeah. director of sports of uh, of Roma. He's Portuguese, and these are amazing, amazing decisions in my opinion. Aor was literally yeah. going to go to every Premier League team one season ago. He's going to Roma. Yeah, <laughs> he's going. To yeah, Roma. and I, I I will not understand why he was frozen out so much. I know the development of Maxon's Cacare and Johan Lepenant um, in the midfield for Lyon allowed them to kind of let Aor play less of a role but ah this man this kid at his age has over 200 appearances for Lyon um and 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 pretty good goal involvements uh can do a lot uh I think he's going to be a hit for Roma um and I think he's going to be a hit for Mourinho um so that's huge and Indica too Evan Indica is one of the under most underrated young defenders in the Bundesliga this past season um and has been for some time Indica goes to yeah. Roma. They have Ibanez, Mancini, yeah. Smalling. Like that's yeah. great options. Humbula. That's great options. Yeah. Like I got. But come on. I just gotta say that you're saving. You're saving the best one for last. Are you not? <laughs> I mean the this... Koksu. <laughs> I, I let, let me just give you my little play on it here because <laughs> Orkin Koksu at his age, okay, heading to Benfica from Feyenoord, uh, he he was the captain of Feyenoord, okay, under Arnie Slot. Uh, for a youngster, uh, even in the Eredivisie, um, to be the captain of a side, let alone a Eredivisie winning side, um, is absolutely insane. Uh, and for them to get him for the fee that they got him, uh, and I know there's a there's a sell-on fee. Uh, what is it? It's like 30 million euros, right, with a 25% future sale. Um, it is the most expensive sale in Feyenoord history, but this is... Every bit at 22. Yeah, it is. It is. Luis Sinistera was the last one. I believe it was 25 million. Now, if inflation adjusted might might say, you know, something different. But Orkin Koksu uh, to go to Benfica, <laughs> even though it's Benfica, I believe that's a coup. That's a coup of a fee. It's a coup of a player. You know, not that it shows you that the success that Benfica had, their playing style, um, uh, uh, it is pleasing to the eye. And it is a place that people including young playmakers that could obviously go somewhere else too. Uh, they want to go play for Benfica and that is huge. Um, do you guys want to, do you guys want to sign Serginho Dest? <laughs> no, <laughs> and that won't happen. That won't happen because that ain't a smart business. And it's it, Vinder, Vinder signed for Benfica. That's uh, Vinder did sign. One he million. did. He I think did. that's the biggest signing uh, ever in USL history. 
So I want to say with Koksu, Koksu yeah. arrives to Befica for 25 million plus five in variables and 25% mm -hmm. of the future sale. That is a bargain. Huge. Why? I yeah. think he comes to the Primera Liga and he's the best midfielder straight off the bat next to Otavio. I think that's the yeah. case. Uh, and but what I'm going to say, Arkun Koksu, outside of the top five leagues this season, definitely one of the best players. One of the best players of the importance as captain and because he doesn't do one thing wrong in midfield. Passing, mm -hmm. shooting, assisting. He's a leader too. This is a, the real deal. Befica went oh, really yeah. bold with Arkun Koksu and whoever gets Santiago Jimenez too. Whoever gets Weifer. Like whoever gets Santiago Jimenez. Yeah. Who, they're they're mm -hmm. lucky. These are great players. I hope Bayern Munich gets Santiago Jimenez. They need a striker. They need a street cheaper striker than like a hundred million. Go for Santiago Jimenez. That would that would uh, be yeah. what I'd go. Hey, but, buddy, Concacaf. We're gonna see. We're gonna see what Santi Jimenez can do against the U.S. team mm -hmm. uh, this this coming week, U.S. Mexico and Las Vegas. So uh, Concacaf Nations League semifinal, and we're gonna see if Santiago Jimenez is gonna be the boogeyman uh, for American soccer. Uh, from here on out, or if he's just, you know, another good striker in the ear divisie. But, um, but no, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you all, all across the board. And the fact that Roger Schmidt knows Orkin Koksu, um, I, I, it's just crazy because you want to know the blueprint for this. The blueprint for this is Frederick Orsnes and, and how big of a glow up he's had there in terms of stature, in terms of, uh, expectation, in terms of, um, everything coming in, um, if he even has 75% of the glow-up that Arsenis had in the Primera Liga, um, then Orkin Koksu is going to be sold for 75, 80 million in the future. <laughs> I agree. A hundred percent, mate. Arsenis is one of the most underrated players this season in football, in yeah. any team. He played it. He played at fullback. He played at winger. He played in midfield. I love Everywhere. this player, Arsenis. Yeah. But people, woo, <laughs> we coming here with a bold topic. Breakout players for next season. Majority talents, but leave your breakout player in the comments section. We want to see mad talents in the comments, and we will be responding to every comment. And don't forget to like yeah. if you want to see more videos just like this in the FC Wonder Kids Please. channel. But breakout talents, Breton. Woo! Who do mm. you want to start? Who would you have first? <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to uh, start with my American bias. Um, I have to throw out there, this is a little bit of a cheat, mm. but Ricardo Pepe, oh. when he made the move to Augsburg, it was a big money move. It was probably a little bit before, you know, he should have, uh, but he went to Augsburg, uh, 20 million or so, did not, yes. whatever, did not, yeah. Ended up getting loaned out to Groningen, uh, scored quite a few goals. And if you don't know Greningen, that is who gave Aryan Robin his first start yeah, in the Grenin league as, as a 16-year-old. And Virgil van Dijk, exactly. Uh, and now they have been relegated, but Ricardo Pepe managed 10-plus goals. Uh, but Ricardo Pepe is on the verge of potentially joining either Feyenoord as maybe a Santi Jimenez replacement, or more realistically... More realistically, he will join PSV Eindhoven. Um, that in and of itself tells me that this is not necessarily an expected breakout. Mm -hmm. It is a breakout of necessity. He needs to break out to the point where uh, he'll get his support. He'll get all he needs playing time-wise mm -hmm. at PSV to, to be able to show them what he can do. He's got guys 
that can certainly give him the ball in Shabby Simon, Shabby Simmons, in Johan Bakayoko, and it needs to happen because he's got Folaren Balogun yes. that is going to come in as a 21-year-old after 21 goals in the home. He is going to take over that nine position until Pepe can prove everyone else. Otherwise, it is the, you know, from an American perspective, it is the clash of the century for us uh, of number nines that we need to see do well and need to see develop well. And Ricardo Pepe is the first. And I'm going to say it right now. We talked about this previously. He is one of many American players that need, absolutely need to move on, move on. Christian Pulisic, Serginho Dest, Tyler Adams, Weston McKenney, Brendan Aronson. You, you can make all sorts of arguments you want for them to stay at Leeds United, but we need to move to develop. And for all of it to happen in this offseason is kind of troubling. Oh it's kind of troubling. Um, so we'll see. Gun. Like, to see, like talking to you, yeah. Bretson, in the last Dude. three years, to see the yeah. reality shift that's been. <laughs> Yeah. The more you talk yeah. to me, the yeah. better football it is in U.S. <laughs> nah, I'm it's joking. happening. I really incrementally. Twenty twenty six. You guys might have a team to pass the group stages, and that is a yeah. huge yeah. success. Oh. Huge success. Mm. My first. Hopefully further than that. Yeah. <laughs> My first breakout talent to watch for next season. We're already seeing a glimpse in the under twenty yep. World Cup. That is Casade. Casade is going go. so. Bold in the under-20 World Cup with Italy. The maestro, yeah. the leader, in involvement, finishing, passing ability. He's through the roof with seven goals and one assist. Pochettino, he's going to give him a mm -hmm. chance. And watch out, Chelsea fans, for Casade. Kendri Paez was the young, is the youngest goal scorer ever in the history two of the world under-20 World Cup. He did it this one, 16 years old. So that's another shout, but Casade is the break my first break breakthrough talent for next season to watch. Well, Except I'm gonna just pig I'm gonna just piggyback on that one. Yeah, and Reading was relegated. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Ricardo Pepe, you know, had a great season for Grinningen, but they were still relegated. Um but yeah, Casade has shown what he can do and uh yeah, you seven goals. Golden boots, golden boots score. No, I actually I had a feeling you were gonna pick Casade, so <laughs> I went with uh, a dribbler um, I went with Simone Pafundi, um, also in that U20 World Cup side. He, uh, side. He's one of the youngest at the U20 World Cup, uh, and the Azuri have been phenomenal this whole tournament. Uh, we're unfortunately recording this before the final, Italy versus Uruguay. I do think Italy's going to win, and I think Pafundi might have another, another golasso uh, in his belt. But what I want to say about Pafundi, which you mentioned about po Pochettino and Casade, is Pafundi has not necessarily been given the, the time to make the mistakes at Udinese. And I believe it's Andrea Sotol who's the coach there. I don't know what it is, but play Pafundi. We need to see him. We can't have another Luca Romero at uh, Lazio or wherever that was. Um, we, we need to see Pafundi because everything tells me it's like he's the Italian... Um, who's the kid I really like at Rosario Central? Uh, no, not Rosario. Velez. At Velez. Who's the kid I like? Oh, I can't remember. No, 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 the, 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 the winger that the dribbling winger that I can't remember the name Prestiani. of right now because I'm having a brain fart. Thank you, Gianluca Prestiani. Pafundi is a little bit like Prestiani in this sense, except he's older. 
Um, but he can strike a ball as well, as we have seen. So, Simone Pafundi is the other guy. I want to see breakout in Syria. If not with Udinese, somebody else come in, loan him out, send him wherever you need to send him, Verona, wherever, and get this kid playing day in, day out. Uh, I love it. He's short. He's diminutive. Uh, he can do a lot. So, Simone Pafundi is at my breakout next season. And you mentioned Easily. Prestriani and all yeah. this too. Prestriani, one of the best young dribblers Definitely. too. Another breakout talent oh, yeah. that will be getting a move to Europe real soon. So great names yep. until now. I hope you put your name in the comment section down below. We want to know your your underrated players, players that haven't broke onto the scene and next season, most likely they will. A player yep. that in the Portuguese mm. league, yes, he broke out a bit, but on the worldwide scheme of things, no, he's not known, okay? Even Jaime mm. for 6 million people is one of the biggest bargains the football cup can get this summer he has 11 goals and five assists and he's the most important player for Malico. the influence the finishing the technique he can play at wing he can play at 10 very adaptable Eva like jaime breakout talent that is going to come out of primera liga one of the best players outside of the top four counting braga you just set the the table for me perfectly because mm. if Family Cow is looking for a replacement, not quite exact replacement, somebody needs to give Carlos Borges the uh, time of day. I'm gonna, he gonna, will not play. <laughs> he man. will not play at Manchester City. He's in your. He's in this. Okay. He ain't going to I want to see. Mate. He ain't going to. Fuck okay. He's or uh, isn't it uh, Aruka? If, Aruka. What? Hey, you know you're no. playing you're, you're playing a European ball. No, I mean I, I, here's what I could see. I could see like Benfica signing him exactly. and or Sporting signing him and then loaning him out the first season if they don't like him because they're already cutting. Sporting's already cutting the um, cutting the ribbon. I guess you could say on Fatawu, right? Yeah. He's Fatawu, he's. Yeah. They don't like him, right? Yeah. Mm. Ruben Emery so, reportedly doesn't like him. Mm. Yeah. That's another breakout well, time for Ghana. It, it is, but, Bo but like Carlos, if you don't know Carlos Borges, oh. he basically he basically runs the Premier League too. Uh, I mean, this guy season. has he was the best, best player, player of the season. Manchester City won the Premier League too. Not only that, he was pretty dominant in UEFA Youth League as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, he's just waiting. He's another citizen. He's another Manchester City product that probably won't see much time in Pep Guardiola's setup unless it changes and that's okay because he can find his home I, elsewhere I uh, but he needs a move he needs a move we didn't talk beforehand and I've got two Portuguese men on my list of five yes a bit biased and Carlos Borges oh, yeah. is one of them is one of them Carlos Borges the best player in the Premier League too last season he had 29 goals and 17 Huge. assists Last season. Yeah. Man City ain't going to play him. He would play in any of the top yeah. three in Portugal. So, Port, Benfica, E, Sporting. Get him. Get him. Or Braga in the Champions League. Just go bold and get Carlos Borges, a youngster. But he's he's, he's he's already expressed that he's a Benfica fan. Wanted to say. All right. He's already expressed yeah. it. So, he, he was uh, one of my players. Like but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say so. My other player, breakout talent to watch for next season. Already this season, it was important. But it's João Neves. João Neves. Mm -hmm. Next season for Befica is going to be Arkan Koksu next to João Neves. And I'm so, so excited. He's 18, but I have a prediction that he will be called up for the Euros for Portugal. I believe in this wow. kid, João Neves. Antonio Silva 
was the best youngster in the Portuguese league this season, in, in my opinion. Unbelievable what Roger Schmidt did. Next season, I think it's going to be João Neves. So, Benfica okay. this season, Florentino Luiz, Antonio Silva, Gonçalo Ramos, João Neves. What a season <laughs> it was. But the biggest breakout talent next season will solidify yeah. himself that it's going to be João Neves. What a player. All right. You're going to hear and, a and, lot about And here's him, right? my... Here's my brain's daily reminder that it's Roberto Martinez uh, that is at the helm of the Portuguese national team. I forget that. Um, Portugal plays Bosnia coming up, right? Yeah. That's the big one? Yeah. Okay. True. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I've loved what I've seen him, and he's one. I know you and I have talked about him previously, but his ascent, right? His ascent into the Benfica uh 11 um and so the respect essentially given to his name I, it, very very impressive um so i i look very forward to seeing um that kind of yeah get better play, and better and bigger and bigger live soon trust me <clears throat> you saw yeah, champions play league live. man you did watch Enzo i did play live so you, i did so show them that was <laughs> and that was that was pleasing that was pleasing yeah i got to see gonzalo ramos i got to see antonio silva i got to see them all um I'm going to bring up one that is maybe a little bit far-fetched, mm. but everybody that we know, unless it has changed, uh, that has often talked or scouted Job Bellingham, okay, you might recognize that last name, everyone that we know has often said that the ceiling is higher with Job than it was with Jude. Oh, now, days, no. Those people... It, 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 we don't right, want to say I, I think... We don't want to... I think it has changed. I think it has changed some, but I still think Joe Bellingham has what it takes. He needs the canvas uh, to be able to paint, I guess you could say. Birmingham City is not giving it to him even after uh, a, a season of trials and tribulations. So Joe Bellingham, I think, is on the verge of signing for roughly 3 million euros uh, with Sunderland. Oh. And Sunderland, uh, after getting promoted from League One, uh, they actually made it to the promotion playoff uh, promotion playoffs and fell short, but they did it with uh, average Amad age Diallo. of 23 or so. Ahmad Diallo, you had uh, Dan Neal in the midfield, you had Trey Hume, you had Edouard Michou from PSG, uh, you had um, Jack Clark, who didn't, you know, when he made the move to Spurs, never really got a shot and got loaned out and has found a home now. So Sunderland seemed to be doing it right with a collection of youth. I do, uh, this is a much different caliber. But I would love to see Joe, Joe Bellingham get his chance at Sunderland. I think if they're going to spend $3 million in the championship for him, uh, they're going to play him. And I would love to see him uh, establish himself in the midfield. Um, will it lead to, yeah, will it lead to him being a Dortmund a year from now? Probably not. Uh, but Joe Bellingham, next season, you're going to get done right. I there think it's going to happen. There was reports of him going to Dortmund like a year or two back. So I there think was, it's yeah. an interesting one for, for Sunderland. Three million. It they is. get a player that a lot of people know. They know his brother. They know the marketing pool that that will bring. But he's got talent yep. in all this. So mm -hmm. he's got yes, he the does. pool. And he's got talent. It's a good investment yep. by Sunderland. That they did a documentary and boy, oh boy, was that talked about too. In dramatic fashion. So I oh, like yeah. that shout. I like that show. Yeah. My last breakout talent that I have here written down. It's Pablo Torre. We've okay. seen Gavi, mm. we, we've seen Xavi do wonders this season with youngsters. Doing wonders with Ronald Araújo, with Balde, with Pedri, with Gavi. And now we're going to see with Pablo Torre more and more and more. Pablo Torre, in terms of technical gift, in terms of talent, he's one of the great midfielders under 20. 
in my opinion. So, like, and he's at Barca. He's with the right manager too. I saw that friendly with Vissel Kobe, and a lot mm. of moments you could see that the fingerprint and the tempo of the game he was already controlling, and very comfortably so too. He's improving, yep. and I can see it in my eyes. And next preseason, we'll have confirmation. But if not, he'll go on loan. That's what I believe that will yep. happen. So Pablo Torre uh, is one of the talents that you guys have to pay attention for next season of Barca. And remember, the uh, well, who's the other Barca transfer target? Uh, he just got promoted with Las Palmas. Uh, Alberto Molero. He will also be in La Liga next season. So it'll be interesting to see. Because I remember when Pablo Torre was like being announced or, or being talked about, Alberto Molero was also uh, being talked about at the time. But I think Pablo Torre being kind of away from the limelight this season, right, mm -hmm. playing less of a role, might actually hopefully have allowed him to transition to the Barca-style play. And uh, I, I agree. I think it would be really – he should play a bigger role next season or get loaned out to Valencia. Like Nico Gonzalez or something, but we'll see. Um, I, I have to throw out there. Uh, I've got two more, and I'll be I'll be quick with them. Um, the, the the one we all know, okay. Um, Brentford has been signing under the radar some pretty interesting players, right? We all know, we all remember kind of Aaron Hickey being the the Scott, you know, the 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 left back uh, of the future uh, for Scotland. If obviously if Kieran Tierney can't stay healthy, wait, Kieran Tierney is Scottish, right? Yes. He's Scottish. Mm -hmm. um, but Aaron Hickey obviously made the move and, and he has since started to kind of exert himself um, in Thomas Frank's setup. One guy that really hasn't is a guy that we all fell in love with during the whole Christian Eriksen craziness of the Euros. And that's Mikkel Damsgaard. Oh. Mikkel Damsgaard made the move. He's still only 22 years old. And I'm telling you, uh, he started the show when I think Brentford went on like five, they won five of their last six games or something in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. He was a big reason why they were playing so well. I think he's just getting his feet wet in the Premier League. I think next season is going to be a massive season for Mikkel Damsgaard because if he's big next season for Brentford once again, or is big for Brentford next season, uh, it will inevitably leave to lead to bigger clubs taking a look. Um, so Mikkel Damsgaard, we've seen what he can do when he went in and tried to replace and fill the shoes of Christian Eriksen for Denmark. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do for Brentford next season. Yeah, that's a good show. I, that Mikkel Damsgaard yeah. in the Euros, that was incredible. People were like, whoa, this yeah. kid is special. Yeah. I want to say, yeah. we talked about Hendrik on the podcast, but people, players like Hendrik in Brasileirão that you have to pay attention this season, you got yeah. like... Hendrik, Vitor Hock, Matheus Nascimento, André Sanchez, Savio, Marcos Leonardo that played two in the under-20 World Cup. He scored, I think, more than five goals. Crucial. Mm. So there's a lot of talent in Brazil right now. And all breakthrough yeah. talents that they could be going to Europe real soon. So these are all names yeah. that I recommend you guys to remember. And even Alan Varela that we mentioned at the yeah. start with Boca Juniors. Yeah. Great player. Yeah. Savio is an interesting shout there because Savio was with PSV and it didn't it didn't wind up well on loan. Um, he didn't necessarily do much. So I'll be really interested to see whether or not he stays because he is I, I, some people might forget like he is a city football player, city football group. 
Um, and I think Troy is. Troy A, Troy is. Yeah. Uh, they own him. But when it comes down to it, I don't think he's going to play there next season. I think it'll likely be at Girona, um in La Liga. So I really do, out of those, that bunch, which are some an insanely a talented bunch that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. Savio is one you might want to watch from like a value perspective because he barely played at PSV and could go to Harona uh, and be like a star uh, for them in La Liga. Um, so I, I love that shout. Um, <clears throat> my my last shout here is the the next man up at RB Sal- Salzburg, mm. right? Uh, you can talk about Adamu, you can talk about Sekukote, but Benjamin Sesko is leaving. So I'm going to say Karim Konate, oh, the 19-year-old Ivorian. I know, I know, I know. But I think Roko Simic went out on loan to the Super League. We love him as a player. Still think he's going to do well. Not entirely sure it's going to be at Salzburg. But Karim Konate got himself a taste of the Austrian Bundesliga this season. Um, killed it in the youth league. Um, Karim Konate was huge. I think he was ASEC Mimosas um, in Ivory Coast previous to this. He is seen as one of the best young African talents. Um, and I really do feel like they're going to give him a, a, a heightened um, role. Uh, next season uh, hopefully maybe it is next to Roko Simic I don't know maybe they sell Adamu they sell one of the other guys uh, but Karim Konate is one I'm in- insanely uh, excited about because he has already shown that he is way too good for their their reserve team for Lifering and there is way too good for the UEFA Youth League so uh, that or a move whatever get it done we mentioned you know? I, I mentioned defensive mid with Boca Juniors Alan Varela this is a player yeah. that you guys must pay attention in terms of defensive mid. He's one of the best that you can get. I think about Fabrizio Diaz that is going ball two in the under-20 mm. World Cup for Uruguay. Mm-hmm. And mm. the third is a player that left already to Man City. Vélez Sarsfield. Perrone. Mm. Julian Alvarez had a great start. Great start going for River to Man City. Perrone is going to take time. But for the role and for the position, there's a need for uh, an option. Yeah. But not Rodri. I think Calvin Phillips yeah. didn't show up last season. Perrone, if he impresses this season, we could be seeing. And he was signed up. He was registered to play Champions League. He signed in January yeah. and he was registered to play Champions League. So Guardiola have, has in his mind Perrone. Pay attention yeah. to Maximo Perrone that went to Man City. Yeah. What hey, I saw, I, saw him in the, I saw him in those celebration videos. I saw him in those celebration videos. I think there was one where he was like, he was like scrolling through his phone at his locker uh, while uh, Jack Grealish was singing to everybody. Um, but yeah, no, that's a, that's a great shout too. Um, and I got, I got one more. We all saw him. And this is really quick. Uh, if you don't know Julian Duranville, who currently oh. plays for Dortmund, you'll find out who he is next season, but you probably watched that, that sad Bundesliga finale where yes. they lost it and blah, blah, blah. And Byron yep. won for the 874th time. Duranville was en- entered into the game and immediately showed that he was a huge bright spot. He comes from the Belgian pro league. He's Belgian phenomenal winger. And I think um, you're going to see him play a much bigger role next season. And there you go. That's another American that needs a move. If he can't find a way to play, and that's Gio Reyna. Uh, but Julian Duranville is definitely going to be one um, that I am watching next season because he is so fun to watch with the ball. And so for, fun to watch. And for breakout talents, we could be mentioning all the Brighton bunch with Evan Ferguson, yeah. Buena Note, even Billy Gilmore. He could have in a breakout talent. In Cizo, of course, Adingra. But 
uh, yeah. but Billy Gilmore could have a huge role, especially if Moises Caicedo leaves too. And Billy Gilmore, yeah. in given games, he's coming and impressed in, yeah. for me. So, people, tell us your breakout talents for next season in the Prem, in the Bundesliga, in La Liga, any league. Comment down below. And if you're listening to episode 109 until now, Thank you so much for going bold. Please do not forget to like episode 109. And again, thank you, community, for going bold and listening to another podcast. <laughs>